0: Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of On The Bounce. Today I have an extremely energized, motivated speaker that will join us today that will share so much positive energy and at the end I know you will appreciate why Dr. Byron J. Williams is a guest on The Bounce. So uh, Without further ado, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time, taking a pause in your day to be a guest on The Bounds. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. You know, this uh, social media thing and connecting with people is really have been a very good positive thing. So thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I I don't know if I can add anything. Beyond what you have already <laughs> provided for your <laughs> listeners, but uh, we'll see what we can add to the, to the, as they say, to the body of knowledge, right? We'll yeah. See oh, we-
0: wow. Yes. There you go. There so, you go. So, you know, I think that um, we, well, you know, I like to give an insight as to how we met, right? And when you talk about the body, the power of social media, that is definitely one of the amazing things that have come out in this whole transformation of COVID, Yes. Is that it's forced you to kind of come out of your comfort zone in order to make in order to connect and make relationships with people yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise made connections with. Right. You and it's forced you to kind of really think outside of your normal bubble and push those boundaries a little bit. And then with that being said, you and I start having connections and you and I start building and kind of crossing paths in our network. So I think that's just one of the beauties of uh, the way that things have shifted.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, part of, and I know we're going to get into this, but part of my uh, transition from the air force was teaching veterans just how to do this. And I Mm. think COVID really expanded our, how should I say it kind of forced us to do that because we yeah. weren't doing face to face no more. Yeah. So it's like, OK, well, if you really want to meet me, you really want to get to know me. Look at my social media profile. And oh, by the way, you know, let's let's connect on Zoom. Let's connect on Google Meets, you know, yeah. Teams. you know, everything's just all has kinds of ways. Yeah. 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 So uh, so it's it's kind of forced you and it's kind of uh, uh, solidified what I've been telling people as far as veterans. How do you connect with other people? How do you network and how important it is to network? Because like I tell them, since 2014, the last three jobs I've had, I've never applied to them. Mm. I didn't put an application. It was through networking. And so I'm glad. So it works.
0: Yeah. It it works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to try to rewind back a little bit and give you the mic and give you an opportunity to explain who you are and what you do.
1: Oh, you want to do that now?
0: Oh, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, um, Okay. Um, Byron Williams, I currently work for a company called Oasis System, um, mid-sized defense contractor. We have roughly about 1,800 employees in 36 states and 10 countries. Well, prior to that, I was in in the federal government. I was working as a veteran program manager for um, the National Institute of Health and the FAA, and in, that, in those roles, I worked as a veteran program manager. So, of course, my job was to try to get veterans, you know, military members that were retiring or transition from the military, how to get them prepared and to be best pre- positioned for jobs in the federal government. And I uh, did that for oh, about a couple more, about six, five years between those two agencies and. Uh, I'm kind of going backwards, but and then before going into the federal government, I was working for the hospital, one of the largest hospitals in the D.C. area as a family advocate. And then prior to that, I was working in the school system. I was an ROTC instructor. Then I was a student advocate. And then prior to that, I was in the Air Force. So I said all that, say, you know, I made my transition from the military. And, you know, because we've been in the military, we're so structured. that Okay, you're going to have this job. You're going to work this job to, you know, this time. You're going to live here until it's time for you to PCS. And so we're so structured. And so when you get out, we kind of look for that structure again, right? And so. Sometimes it don't happen, so you gotta like, oh, wait a minute. So what I what I've been instructing instructing je, uh, veterans is like, hey, this is a perfect time when you're making this transition, you're building your own brand now. I mean, you were the brand for the Navy, the Air Force, the you know the Coast Guard, the Marines. You were that brand for eight years, twelve years, twenty years, however you wore that uniform. Now, this is the time for you to do something that you really want to do. You know, take a chance on that training that you've had, the skill set, the education, and let's take a chance on it and see now can I do something that really makes me happy. You know, let me not let and I, I'm not saying that you don't stay in the rat race cuz you still got to eat, right? But at the same time, this is a great time to just kind of like let me breathe, let me do what makes me happy, we'll do what do makes my my family happy. Um that downtime, that time that I've always wanted that, that I didn't get when I was in the uniform. Guess what? All those birthday parties I missed, the anniversary dinners I missed. Now let me let me get somewhere where it makes me feel good to be part of my family again. So, um, so that's yeah, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, <clears throat> I'm also an author, I pastor a pastor, church. Uh, I Have two children, I have a grandbaby. So yeah, so all that keeps me busy.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, I think it's a great segue for my next question and understanding the importance of it. But what does resilience mean to you?
1: Oh man, um, it means you got. I don't. You have to be able to adjust yourself emotionally to life's challenges, and and I think what happens when people don't have those emotional adjustments what what you're going through can kill your re, uh resiliency. Mm. And so you just gotta be able where and how do do I adjust? And um and you know, speaking of that, um uh, I'm a stroke survivor and a cancer survivor. And so um uh, I remember when I was having my stroke, uh I kind of I I realized I was having a stroke. But prior to that, about eight days before I had my stroke, my son at that time was 10. He was like, dad, I had a dream about you. And I was like, what? Well, I don't want to tell you. I said, OK. So he, I said, go ahead and tell me. He said, I had a dream that you died. And um. you know, mom had to tell me that you died. I said, like, oh, man, I'm not going nowhere. So like eight days later, you know, we're doing our regular routine, get home from school. Doing, and all of a sudden, I've, my arm goes limp. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I was in pain. I was like, man, something is, I don't know what's going on. And about five minutes later, I looked at him. I remembered the dream. And I said, I got to call 9 and wow. so I wasn't in pain, but I called 911 and they came, called my daughter, said, listen, I gotta go to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. And by the time I got to the hospital, I felt I was like, I think I'm having a stroke. And so sure enough, long story short, I ended up having a stroke. So I was in the hospital for six days, whole right side was completely paralyzed. So um go to rehab. I'm in rehab, I'm having a pity party, you know. I'm like, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Uh, you know, how, how am I going to finish what I'm supposed to do? And, and so I'm, I, I go into the restroom, my wheelchair, wheel my wheelchair to the bathroom. and start have, I start crying, having this pity party. So then I come out of the bathroom and one of my friends came to check on me. She said, what is wrong with you? I said, I don't know what's going on with me, but She said, look, get over it. So she prayed, she left. So the next day I'm still having a pity party. And they were like, Mr. Williams, it's time for you to come to group. It's time for you to come to group. I was like, nope. I'm not going to group. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not. They was like, well, we don't care what you got to do, but you better wheel yourself down here. Because you have group session. And so when I get there, there was a guy who was younger than me that had his eighth stroke count, it, oh. Eighth stroke. And he was still in there his, trying his best. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. I, I haven't complained no more. That was February 12th, 2020. So after that, I said, I'm i not complaining no more. If this guy can be in here and work his butt off after his eighth stroke, I can get myself together. So now I'm out. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think so resilient. Something has to remind you. Something has to trick because mm. and, and and you got because if you allow what you see, and I'm and uh, don't get me wrong, I know there's some people out there that are just like I can't do no more. I can't mm. go. You know, this is it for me. But um, you definitely got to find that place. Um, you know, you know, again, i am a pastor spiritually, emotionally. You know, there's a place in you somewhere that says I got to get myself together and get out and get this done. So. So yeah. that's what resilience means. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, something your family. Uh, the The look of, I don't want to be like this no more. Uh, I don't want to see myself like, there's something that says, I got to get myself together and get going.
0: Yeah, that is, um, that is incredible. First of all, thank you for sharing your, um, your, your story. And I know that there's more to come to that that we're going to highlight. But mm-hmm. the fact that uh, when you mentioned resilience is that ability to have that emotional shift, yes. right? And being able to adjust and pivot, right? Because- resilience is an ongoing, Mm -hmm. ongoing thing. It's not the same every day. You're not going to react to it the same every time a situation happens because situations, environment, uh, conditions, situation, it dictates how, how you need to be reactive. But like, again, it's having that azimuth and that ability to just connect to what is that thing and what is my why, And having it linked back to you and to decide, okay, is this is this why strong enough for me to have the ability to overcome and keep moving?
1: Mm, That's a good one. Yes. Yes. Um, And you got to find. And the thing about it is that's the crazy thing is that everybody's why is going to be different. Yes. And if you compare your why to somebody else's, Mm -hmm. you'll be messed up. Yes because yeah, then you're figuring out, well, why why is this not working
0: mm-hmm.
1: the way it worked for my friend, for my brother, my sister? Why didn't it work? Yes. And so um you gotta find your you've gotta find your own why. Yes. And and I think that's the when we come out of the military, we all kind of had the same why when we're in uniform, right? Mm-hmm. We have we have the mission, we had a goal, we all have the same purpose and, and it's always it's team, it's not individual. But then when you make that transition, that's when you say you almost got to be kind of selfish yeah. in the sense that um, you are still supporting your family. You know, you still want to achieve your goals, but it's almost like, OK, what is going what is my why
0: mm-hmm. and how
1: do I achieve that? Yeah. And you got to you can't. Com- and that's what I tell people. You cannot compare your why. Uh, you know, you can't compare your relationship with God with somebody else's relationship, even a husband and wife as much as you want to compare your relationship to your, your parents' relationship, they were married for 700 years, <laughs> you know, your own marriage, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't compare that, you know, yeah. you got to de- you got develop and, and walk in your own shoes.
0: Yeah. You know, I love, I love uh, that analogy that you brought up as far as the comparison, right? Cause the, yeah. the comparison will get you. Yes, And, you know, it's that it's that ugly monster that you're constantly looking and trying to check where you are in your life. And when all that time you're spending looking and being distracted by what you Mm. think it's supposed to look like. you're missing everything that's happening. You're missing everything that could be happening on the other side and missing opportunities, missing connections, missing relationships, missing being present because you're so focused on comparison. And why is this not working for me? You know, last time I saw on Facebook, this person is doing this and I try to do the same thing. You know, I'm on the same diet and I'm not losing as much weight as this person, you know? So, and so, and I I like to bring that back to the mindset of veterans, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're, when when we when we see veterans that are leaving the military every day and yeah. you see the ones uh you see the ones that are successful meaning in the sense that they got a job and they're posting it on social media i got a job i accepted my job offer in your mind oh that's going to be my transition in yeah. your mind oh it's I, I got this you know oh i know that person or i know my credibility is or my my resume is better than that person i shouldn't well. have a problem and then reality sets it
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You reality know, Yeah, that sure. that
0: that thing called reality. You know, yep. and then so when you talk about having that ability to have that emotional shift, it's 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 important that you recognize because it's going to come most of the time at times where you don't want it to come, but that's mm-hmm. when you need it the most. Yeah. When you have to have that realization and that gut check.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had a perfect example uh, when I transitioned from the military. Uh, I think like two weeks when I re- after I retired, I had a company that said, "Hey, we want you to come work for us." Mm-hmm. They sent me the offer letter. You know, and I was like,
0: "Yes, yes, the, I'm the doing ca- it." The
1: salary is <laughs> right. You know, I got on the train and rode the train down. so I could see how long it's gonna take for me to get to work. Mm-hmm. And looked at the building, make sure I had the right address, and then I go co- the next day. The guy was like, "Hey, um, sorry, um, that division is hiring a new president, and she wants to bring her own people. So Ooh. I'm sorry, we have to resend the offer to you." Oh. Man, are you kidding me? Uh-huh, So yeah, and so, um, so then yeah, so fourteen months after that, so oh. it took me yeah, it took me fourteen months to find a job. But the one thing it was like, okay, well, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, so I was like a limo driver. I was uh, I was volunteering at a hospital mm. and I, I was a limbo driver. So I was driving for like funerals. I was driving for weddings. I was driving for graduations because I had a buddy. It's like, look, dude, you can come work for me part time or whatever. Drive as me. I was like, okay, let me do that. I was even doing, uh, I had partnered with a couple of funeral homes and they were like, there were people that had, family members that passed away, but didn't have like a church affiliation. They're like, Hey, you know, can you come do funerals for us? I was like, yeah, for people I don't know, I got like 20 programs that I did funerals for people. I didn't know. Wow. It was like, you know, so it was, so I did all that until something better came along. And so that's, and so, you know, like again, going back to the why or the resiliency, it's like, what, where do you find that, Mm -hmm. you know? And part of it could be from, you know, have you been brought, have you been raised? Some of it could have been, you know, what you picked up in the military as a veteran. Um, part of part, part of it is when you make that transition, um, you know, are you prepared to make that transition and that change? Mm-hmm. So uh, it just depends on where you, you know, where you find it from. And then when you find it, you just got to stick to the plan. You know, you got to stick to the plan that, okay, it's going to get better. Because sometimes we keep looking at our current circumstance if it don't get better tomorrow, we're like, okay, I'm done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're done.
1: we're done. We're done. I've done that too before. When I was getting my doctorate, oh, there were some days when my <laughs> when my mentor was like, yeah, you need to redo this. I'm not doing this no more. Matter <laughs> fact, I'm, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. And so what was really so I probably quit. I probably quit maybe seven times. <laughs> I'm serious. I was so serious. I probably quit like seven times. Then like two hours later, he called me back. He said, you ready to get started again? Yep. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) And so the date, like, so two days before I had my stroke, I had turned in my 185 page dissertation. I turned in for the committee. I was like, okay, I'm done. Then two days later, I had a stroke. So then a week later, just as I get to rehab, my mentor says, Hey, I, I notified the school that you had a stroke, but they, they, you know, you, you passed through your review. So somehow you need to get it together. Cause you got to defend this dissertation. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? No, I just, and so I, I was just like, I can't, I was like, I was like, I can't get right. I can't, I can't get right. So, um, so my dissertation was on affordable healthcare act, how it impacts nonprofit hospital. Wow. And so um, I left rehab on the 19th of February and on the 19th of March, 30 days later, I defended my dissertation.
0: Congratulations. And
1: so, um, uh-huh. and so I had two questions and I was even able to roll in my own condition into my defense. Nice. because I was like, hey, you know, because of my, you know, my health benefits that I've received in the military, I was able to go, you know, my, my medical bills were like ninety thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, basically tell me, you know, because of my, you know, my experience, because being in the military and so forth, you know, my costs were little nothing. But I say, like, imagine people who have the insurance that, uh, you know, yeah, the company will pay 80 percent, but you still got to pay 20. Yeah. So, I mean, my household, so I still would have had to come up twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, and so I worked that into my dissertation. So I had two questions. One, a committee member said, "Okay, are you telling us that you had a stroke, that you were in rehab thirty days ago, and you're defending your dissertation?" I said, "Yes." She said, "Well, as far as I'm concerned, Doctor Williams, you're done." She was like, "You're done." That was the only question. And then the other committee member said, "Um, "What would you do different during this process?" I said, "Not have a stroke." (laughs) What I would do. And they were like, OK, we're done. Uh, they were like, yeah, there's there's no more questions. I, and so I've never. So my mentor called me back. He said, I've never had anyone that had questions from their committee that took less than five minutes. Wow. He said, this is crazy. So he said you were still very prepared. But again, it's just um, that that was that was the whole crazy experience. And I was like, uh, so that was that was my faith walk in that because it was like, okay, God was like, you have no control over this, but mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how how I'm going to get it done for you. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, got it.
0: Right. It's staying the path, right? Yeah. You don't know what the outcome is. You don't know, um, you don't know what the, what the end result is going to be, but you know that there's a path and all you know, you need to do is just keep taking that next step.
1: Yep. Yep. Keep taking that next step. Keep, keep working. Um. And you just got to show up every day. that's yeah. the, You got to show up every day. Yeah. Because uh, every day is not going to be the same. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the same. And uh, if you allow the circumstances to weigh you down, you you definitely will quit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and and so we just I, I don't and part of that is from the way I was raised. Part of that, of course, again was you know being in the military. But uh, there's something that you have to in your own self, you got to buy into your own self because if mm-hmm. you don't believe in your own self, who will?
0: Yes,
1: you know, you got to believe into that. And uh, again, you can't compare your success to somebody else's success because what you do matters to you. Yes. What you do, um, has to, I like to say, it has to speak life to you every morning. Yes, and uh, even when you don't feel like getting up, you got to say, This is what speaks life to me. And if you get that wherever you, wherever you get that from, once you get that, you're going to, you're going to be successful. Yeah. You know,
0: and you know, we have to, the, the truth of the matter is, is that success looks different. Yes. And so sometimes success is waking up and getting over is just getting to tomorrow. Yep. And then there su- success has other degrees and other yep. variations to it. But yep. let's talk about when it doesn't look like what you think it should look like, yes. what is that mindset, and how do you get up and find that thing to speak life to you? Let's <laughs> talk about that because I mean, for prime example, yes. you you were you were transitioned, you were a retired Air Force uh, you know, Air Force vet. Mm-hmm. Did you think that you' would be driving limos when you got out of the military? Oh. right? But, but again, Again, that the fact is is that you still made a decision to still keep on a path. You didn't know what it looked like, right? right. But right, but you didn't. But that was in your mind at the time. You didn't think it was successful, right? No. no. But so let's talk about the mindset and understanding that even even when things don't look like what you think it should look like, that you still need to get in there and show up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you still gotta believe in yourself. Ooh. Yeah. And, you know, you got to still believe in yourself when people walk away from you. Mm -hmm. When people tell you that's not a good
0: idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. People say that's not a good idea. You still got to believe in yourself when you look at the bank account. It's like, oh, this is not going to make it. Yeah. This is not not going to work. Mm -hmm. You you still got to believe in yourself. And then some. Here's the other thing. I have a friend of mine who's a chaplain for the U.N. One thing she says taking naps are important. Mm. And sometimes in that journey, in this hustle and bustle, sometimes we just got to take an emotional nap, yes. you know, just to say, okay, let me, let me breathe, get myself together emotionally. And then let me get back on this. Let me get back on this grind. let me get back on this journey. Yes. And so when you do that, sometimes victory is I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep in past nine o'clock. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to sleep in past nine o'clock and or, or you gonna actually, you're actually gonna take the time to watch a whole movie,
0: mm. you
1: know, without sitting there saying, "Okay, I'm on my phone. What's next?" Okay, yes. oh man, this, you know. So you gotta find those little victories in pl- in things that you enjoy doing, or just taking time for yourself, yes. you know. And a lot of times, and when you and when you do that, that gives you the. The, the moment to rejuvenize yourself is, OK, I got three more weeks in me, you know, or yeah. I got th- I got three more days in me or I, I can finish today. I got I got I got to wait. I got enough in me to get through to tomorrow. And then tomorrow will bring something else that, you know, that will rejuvenate reju- 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 you for the next chapter that you have to go through. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a journey and it's not a perfect journey and it's not supposed to be a perfect journey because there's lessons that you miss. There are opportunities and seeds that need to be planted along the way that if you are, if you don't experience some of those, uh, those, those milestones or those opportunities, then you miss it, planting the seed and you miss planting those opportunities. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that. So, I, so what were some of the things that you did as far as helping you uh, to overcome the challenges? Because not just only having the stroke and uh, defending your dissertation, you've had other things along the way to that, you know, once you felt like you got over one thing, here comes another thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So let's. Uh, let's talk about that journey and let's just talk about what were the resources and what was that support that you used to kind of to help you take that next step?
1: OK, yeah. So, um, you know, June is Men's Health Month. So look, all my brothers out here. Go to the doctor on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Go to the doctor on, get you a primary care physician, somebody that knows you get to know you and go to them on a regular basis. So I had my stroke in February, in January. So in April, I go to my primary care. He's like, I don't understand why you had a stroke. He said, you don't have high blood pressure. You don't have high cholesterol. You were losing weight. I don't understand what's wrong. So we're going to do all your blood work. And I said, he said, yeah. So I go to the lab. They must take like seven vials of blood. From me, <laughs> right? yeah. So then like a couple of days later, he's like, hey, um, I need you to go to the lab. I need you to redo your PSA number, your PSA lab, because your your labs was a little high. And I said, OK. So I go to the lab, do another test. He calls me a couple of days later and said, listen, uh, I need you to come in because um, you may have to go see your uh, oncologist. So I was like, oh. So anyway, so I go see the oncologist and they're like, yeah, it's a possibility that you have uh, prostate cancer. And I was like, so this was June. So I just had a stroke January. So June is like, yeah, you might have you might. And he goes, you might have it, but let's see. So this was like June. And so I had to do an MRI. He was like, well, I'm still not convinced yet. So let's do a biopsy. So I did that like November. I was like, dude, it's June. You said it's November. I need you to decide what we're going to do here. So then finally, like November, he was like, yep, I confirmed it. You got cancer. So we're going to do surgery or right or radiation. He said, I would prefer that you do the surgery. So we're going to do the surgery. Oh, here's the date. Your surgery is going to be January 6th. Oh. <laughs> so, so I, uh, of course, so I go to surgery. They do the surgery. And I and uh, this is, look, this is a sidebar. So January 6th, I'm recovering in my room. It's like four o'clock. My nurse comes in and says, uh, did, have you watched the news today? I said, I haven't I haven't had the TV on. I, I don't know where I am. She said, I'm gonna turn the TV on for you. So of course that's when I see the Capitol uprisings going on. I was like, Oh my god. So that was a little sidebar anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, but my doctor, because I had a relationship with him, understood that there was something wrong and we were able to catch it.
0: Mm.
1: And so, so yeah, so in the same year I had a stroke and then I had a cancer diagnosis. And so today, I mean, I'm cancer free, but, but in the midst of getting to that point, you know, I had write a book. And so, and I wrote a book called The Promise is Still Valid. And then I wrote that book. And then after I got out of the surgery, I was like, okay, now I get this because if I didn't have the stroke, they wouldn't have found the cancer. Mm. So I was like, okay, got my next book. So the storm is necessary because if I didn't go through the storm of having a stroke, I wouldn't have known about the cancer. So yeah, so. Uh,
0: you know, it's, well, it's there's something amazing when you can find beauty in chaos.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: Right? There's something amazing when you can get to the point where you say, I get it, right? Yeah. But at the same time, It's that, you know, we're going to revert back to is that emotional intelligence and that emotional resilience that you have to be able to be within mind to do that. Because that's that's a lot to swallow. Yes, that's a that's a lot to take in. And then you still have to deal with, you know, life. You still got to deal with, you know, work, family, you being a man, you doing having to deal with all this. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you process that how what do you use and what is that support system that you you had to get you through that maybe the next moment in some cases yes
1: yes definitely um definitely faith in god really got me through that but um family um you got to look at I was like okay I got I got my son and and my grandbaby I was like okay I got, I got to get through this for them Cause there's some things I still haven't planned out for them yet. Some things I haven't finished for them. I, God, you got to let me get through that, you know. Mm. Um, and then uh, I think just the way I was brought up of of the whole resilience, and I think that we as a people have learned to be resilient.
0: Mm. And you
1: know, I tell people now, um, I am what my grandparents prayed for. You know, because, you know, my parents, my dad was a welder. My mom was a social worker, not not formal education. And, you know, my grandparents. Oh, God. You know, my grandparents, my my grandmother was a maid, basically, mm. and mm-hmm. because they were in the south. My grandfather couldn't find a job because, mm-hmm. you know, he only had like a sixth grade education. So, you know, so but we learned to be resilient and, you know, being the first Generation college graduate, you know, we are their prayer that was answered. And so a lot of times I just revert back to that experience that I had with my grandparents and realizing now how much they really sacrificed mm. for me to get here. So it's like, I can't quit for all those people that I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. Whatever you got to find, something makes you say, I got to keep going for them. You know. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Because if you and you got to have something and, and me and a friend of mine were talking to me about about a year and a half ago, we were talking about. You want to deal with people to have faith in something mm. beyond themselves, you want to have, you wanna, you know, and not necessarily a particular religion per se, but somebody that has faith. What do, What do you what is your why? What are you striving for? Besides yourself, what is it that you see? Uh, yourself living for is it just for you? If it's somebody say, oh, I'm just living for myself, you kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of worried about you,
0: yeah. Okay, you know? it's nice to meet you,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you got somebody who you know, and, and it, don't get me wrong, it's okay for sometimes for you to be absolutely. You
0: know, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I'm sure with you, you know, being a parent, you're like, "Mm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go shoe shopping, Mm -hmm. you know, just for two hours. I'll be back. I'm going to get away. So everybody needs that. But you want to be connected to people that says I have something to live for other than me. I have a purpose other than me. And when you if you got people like that, um, you can work with them. You know, you can pour into each other you know you can bounce ideas off of each other you and and so for me it was definitely my family um definitely my church family uh definitely um uh, my girlfriend who really helped me get through that whole uh uh, uh cancer stroke you know all that I was like man I don't know how many deal with this but yeah, but you know what, too? And then I have people, you know how you have those friends? You may have somebody that you talk to every day, but then you have those that you you might not talk to them for six months.
0: Mm-hmm. You might not
1: talk to them for a year. But when you talk to them, it's like you just talked yesterday. Yes. And you could call. There are some people you haven't talked to maybe in six months. But if you call them right now and said, I'm in trouble, they would be on a plane. They yes. would be in the car. They would be at your doorstep. Right. Seeing about what you need, and I have a couple of a couple of friends that are like that. They were like, "Oh, I'm gonna come see you're where I'm on my way." Yeah. Yep. No questions asked. So. Yeah. Uh, you love those people too. Yeah. That's, you gotta have that network.
0: Yeah, I you know I love it. I think that understanding and being able to cultivate those relationships because that's mm-hmm. not going to happen if you're not cultivating your relationship, right? No. Even just because your family doesn't mean that family is going to be the one that's going to be there when um, when you need them. If you're not cultivating those relationships, if you're right. just not as invested in the relationship with your family as well. So I love that. I love that the concept is that in order in order to have that additional support system outside of the medical support, out of uh, outside of those other things, you know, it's having that support system and being able to tap into it mm-hmm. and gain that um, uh, gain or uh, extend that relationship and say, hey, I need I need this from you right now. Mm-hmm. And then being being having people to raise the hand and take the challenge. Yeah. You know, I love that. And so when we talk about the veteran space and, you know, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not when I say funny, it's not Mm -hmm. funny at all. But, uh, you know, having these experiences after you got out of the military. Right. And being able to recognize and being able to really uh, plant a foundation to be able to have you prepared to handle it. Right. Right. Imagine if you didn't have that support system or, you know, a network where you can re- re- relate to or kind of use to kind of help you through that. How much harder it would be to have that emotional shift to get back to being resilient.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, it can be challenging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I won't I won't say that it's not challenging. Um, but getting back to that resilience. You got to be grateful for those moments. And I know yes. that sounds
0: No, <laughs> I, I, that sounds- I, I feel that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right.
1: You got to be grateful for those moments that you don't feel like getting up. Mm. You got to be grateful for those moments that you just want to close the blinds and stay in bed and pull the covers over your head and then unplug the phone Yes. You you got to be grateful for those moments, because when you talk about um, revitalizing your spirit, revitalizing your purpose, revitalizing your destiny, it's it's like you got to appreciate when those doors are closed for you.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: got to appreciate those days you don't feel like doing. you got to appreciate that. And you got to believe in yourself because. On those days when you don't feel like doing it, you gotta believe. Okay, a better day is coming. Okay, yes. you know what? Tomorrow's over. Forget about. It. Like my son is a bowler, and so one of the things we do with bowling is like, forget about the next frame. Even mm. if you bowl a strike, forget about the next. This you gotta be in the present. Yes. You know, and 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 the beautiful thing about that is that we use our past to motivate us for the present we go back and we look at what we went yes. through in the past and it's and this is what we this is what speaks to our present and our future and if you and i think the the if you can transition just that to me that's just a simple process okay i can think about huh, i can think about when i was and i love this analogy i i used to have i i, I went to the auction during my time transition from the military so i went to the auction bought a car i bought like a 11-year-old Ford Explorer. the a two-door floor Explorer. And I ended up paying $2,200 for it. And my mm-hmm. dad always had this analogy. It's like, if you want God to bless you with more, you take care of what he's giving you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So I had this old Explorer. Um, had 120,000 miles on it. Did a couple of things to it. Got it running. And I took care of it. So I washed it. you know, Took it to the car wash. you know, Got the brakes, everything done on it. Anyway, long story short, I drove for three years and when I sold it, I got $2,200 when I sold it three years later.
0: Mm. And the
1: thing was, uh, it was like, it was still running good. It was still, take, it was still getting me from point A to point B. And so um, until I could do better, that's what I, you know, that's what I drove. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we have to be content on where we are until we can do better. And a lot of times we're so busy. that And, and, you know, I love cars. So it would have drove myself crazy if every other day I'm driving this green Ford Explorer to the BMW dealer. I'm going to the Porsche dealer Uh every day and torture myself (laughs) instead of saying, you know what, let me be happy with what I have now until better comes along. You know, so let me take care of where I am now, guess what? Until better comes along. So let me eat right. Let me get some, you know, let me sleep right. Let me, pre- look, let, it's almost like, let me practice for what's coming. Yes. You know, let me practice for my future. And uh, and not that you are living in a fantasy, but your reality is this is where I am right now. And, and you know, as we make that transition as veterans, it may not be where you want to be, mm-hmm. but let me practice for where I'm going. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love that. I think that that is an amazing takeaway because mm-hmm. it is so easy to get caught up in the idea of what we think, but the truth the truth is is that appreciate where you have where you are. Yeah. Appreciate what you have and then continue to make those intentional efforts to move forward. Yeah. With and being able to accomplish and, and uh, accomplish those milestones. So thank you. You know, I definitely want to take a, um, this opportunity to, for you to share with my listeners, what you have going on. I know we have your Sunday events and uh, some of the uh, the things that you have going. So just, I want you to take this opportunity to share as far as where they can find you, what you have going on. And so they can know uh you know, your footprint.
1: Okay. So um thank you so much. I appreciate. Um, so yeah, so about a year ago I released a book uh called The Promise Is Still Valid. And The Promise is Still Valid was just birthed out of uh just transitioning life, you know, and, and so and 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 I know it was God because when I when I created the book. It was like, it's seven chapters. I was like, nobody wants to read a seven chapter book, (laughs) but it's it's seven chapters. The last chapter, chapter seven is always going to be the title of the book. Mm. And so I was like, so I have that going on. And so just to give you an idea, like chapter one is titled, what was designed to kill you? Chapter two is do not allow your past to kill your courage. Mm. Chapter three is after you have suffered a while. Chapter four is yesterday was good, but tomorrow will be better caster cares upon him this is not the end of your story and the promise is still valid and so that is that project um i'm also working on my second book called uh the storm was necessary Uh, so i'm working on that as we speak right now my church is entitled oh so you can find the book everywhere it's on amazon now it's on um it's uh you can find it on kindle it's uh it's Audible Books now, so you can find it anywhere, Audible Books. So we've really been very fortunate that um, that book has been doing very, very well. We've um, getting feedback from people who have like, oh, my God, this has really been a blessing to my life. This book speaks to exactly where I'm doing, where I'm going. So thank you so much. So we're doing that. Um, Church, I Pastors, New Beginning Ministries in Maryland. Uh, and I like the title of that. That's what's going on nine years now. And so the, um, the the new beginnings, you know, people say this is a new place for me to start over in my relationship with God, regardless to what has happened. You know, this is it. So it's a new opportunity to start over again. So we're on Facebook under New Beginning Ministries. We're also on a new network called Born Winners Network. Awesome. And, yeah. And so you can find us uh, on Born, BornWinnersNetwork.com. Or on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, beginning this Sunday, actually, we'll be on. You can find us on Alexa. So you can say, Alexa, tune in to Born Winners Network. And then you can say, hey, I want to listen to uh, Dr. Byron J. Williams. So we got a couple of things going on, um, but I'm just fortunate. Um uh, my dissertation was on how the affordable health care impacts nonprofit hospitals. So I have an interview coming up with the American Heart Association about my dissertation. So yeah, we just got a few things going on.
0: Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> a few things. You know, and I'm trying to
1: I'm trying to be a bowling coach. So yeah, I'm coaching, you know, youth bowlers and yeah, so. Just a little
0: bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, Just yeah. a little bit. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing. And I know that we'll be sure to add those links, the names, the, the titles of your book and the, the links as to where they can find it. So our listeners can definitely have access and being able to include myself, go yeah. out and get it and add that to your uh, your toolkit <laughs> as far as resources that you can have. So yes. I'm going to take this opportunity to close out with my final question. Yes. And uh, my question is, what is the one thing that you wish you would have known when you began your career or journey? And what kind of advice would you give people that are either in your situation or or going through the situation that you, w- that you went um, either to start or how to continue moving forward?
1: Oh, man. I, hey, I would say definitely... Um, learn how to save money. Oh. And, and a lot, a lot of time people think, well, you know, you gotta be rich to save. I mean, mm. even if you just start out saying, hey, I'm gonna save $5 a month where I don't have to go back and touch it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um start with, with saving, learning how to save money. And, you know, I remember I had an uncle told me at 21. Okay. You, now that you're in the air force, you need to start saving money. I said, first of all, uh, they tricked me when I went into the air force because (laughs) my first check was only for $250 every, (laughs) uh, every other week. So that I was mad about that. So anyway, (laughs) but yeah, no, just, you know, just, just saving. And, and, you know, again, you don't have to have a lot of money to save. Um, because that's that's what got me through. Like I said, I was I I was out of work for fourteen months, you know, and you know did I have all the money that I needed? No, but you know I would I wasn't destitute, and so so definitely just t- teaching yourself how to s- start off with that, and then I would say second thing, you know, learning that why, find out what that why is for you. Uh, and, and and it may change as you know as you become older you know more responsibility what is that why for you and what is going to make you feel like you've accomplished something every day and that's what you want to do every day you want to feel like what did I accomplish today it may be guess what I just cleaned the bathroom in my house today right you know what I'm saying and and you say well I don't have the money for anything else but you clean your bathroom today mm-hmm. so that's it. You know, uh, well, it snowed outside. I went outside and shoveled the drive. You and I know it sounds, you know, s- small, but it's something that you say. I accomplished something today. Yes. You know, and that's where you want to feel like I. You know, that that that's that's my big thing. is Just find something that makes you feel like you accomplished it every day. And next thing you know, and I have this saying. I tell my church, and I'm done after this. It's like God can't trust you with more than enough. Until you can't trust him with just enough.
0: Ooh, I'm whoa. wow. <laughs> and,
1: and so he wants to he really wants to give us more. He really wants to expand our borders. You know, he definitely want all these doors to be open for us. But can you trust him with with just the two? fish and the five loaves of bread can you trust him with just that Mm. because guess what he wants to do he's gonna give you the whole restaurant and he's gonna give all the people to work for but can you trust him with just the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches can you be happy with that yes so so that that is that's my takeaway god can't god wants to know can he trust you with more than enough and he can't do that until you can trust him with just
0: enough i love that yes i love that it is an absolute pleasure having you on oh God, the thank podcast. You so much. Thank you I'm, I'm telling so- you I'm just I'm just so motivated And there so there's so many things I'm um, the takeaways and just kind of having that perspective and being able to understand the better idea of the emotional uh, okay. resilience. I love it. So thank you so much for your time and I look forward to more opportunities to discuss yes, and talk to you. Thank
1: you so much. I'm, I love connecting with my blue suitors you know yes, I'm you guys, so. yes we have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank
0: you. Okay. As always, Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.